Welcome to the Riverside Project podcast. We are mobilizing Houston to empower families and transform generations. We hope these conversations will give you a greater understanding of the issues facing our community and inspire you to find your place along the river. everyone. Um, today we have with us some really special guests, Leisha Fisher, who is the CPS Regional Director for Region 6B, which is all of the surrounding counties around Houston. And then we have Miss C.J. Broussard-White, who is the also the CPS Regional Director, but for Harris County. So we're super grateful to have you here with us today to take time out of your super busy schedule. You're always on your phone, always on your computer, <laughs> always having to deal with some sort of issue. Um, so the fact that we are all in the room together today and taking the time. I'm really grateful. So welcome. We're glad that you're here. Let's just start by explaining what is it that you do? What does your day-to-day look like? What are the people on your teams? You manage a lot of people, right? How many people are on your team? Between the four regional directors, it's around 2,000 folks that are in this whole system of Mm -hmm. child welfare for our 13 county area. We work as a team. We cross over as we need to cross over in supporting our children, (laughs) our families. But just going day to day, Mm -hmm. again, it starts as early as it needs to start. Um, And making decisions about placements, making decisions about uh, overall permanency, well-being, and stability. I mean, those three words are what we do every single day. Yeah. And it can look totally different from where we are today right now to where we're going to be tomorrow. Right. It's a big system, and it has a lot of moving parts. I always say that we're part of a puzzle. To try to define it is is really hard, but mm-hmm. knowing that we are making decisions that impact the lives of children and families, that's, yeah. the, that's the core of what we are and what we do. I have about 11 direct reports. I'm responsible for a little over 600 people. And every day is different. Um, it's It may be difficult to understand because you're dealing with the same subject matter. Sure. But it's different mm-hmm. things that happen every day, which makes this job a lot more challenging than sure. most people would think. Because you're dealing with decisions that impact people's lives, the child's life, the mother, the father, the extended family, foster parents, the judges, the courts, the public opinion. Right. You're involved in all of those types of decisions. Um, We do complex case staffings. Anytime there is a complex issue in a case that's going to be brought up to our attention, we're involved with fatality decisions. We deal with community and client concerns on a daily basis, depending Mm -hmm. upon what they are. We work very closely with our faith-based community engagement folks and community liaison folks to try and develop and build strong relationships like we have with your entity to make sure that we have all the resources we need. Mm -hmm. We work with providers to try and ensure that they're able to know what the needs are and meet those needs. And then we deal with our employees because we're also responsible for making training decisions and HR decisions on a daily basis, depending upon what's going on. Development is really key as we have our staff involved, making sure that they have the tools, the resources that they need to be able to make the right decisions while they're in the field uh, is really important. We gather a lot of information as well to make sure that our public information officers have the information that they need in a timely basis, in a timely manner. And we do a lot of assessment of what works well, 
what didn't work mm -hmm. and what needs to happen in the future for developing yeah. good outcomes. Yeah, yeah, it's true. So with all of those roles and all of those decisions and all of those people, I would assume that the challenges are infinite, I guess. Um, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of challenges when you have that type of responsibility. So what are the challenges that you face, that your caseworkers on your staff face, that the families that you're interacting face within the system that you're talking about? I, I guess I would say one of the biggest challenges that we have is the negative perception of the agency because it impacts our staff. It impacts the work that we do. We have some amazing, amazing people that work with us. I never like to say work for us, mm -hmm. work with us. We are here because we care about children, we care about yeah. families. And the negative undertone impacts them on such a level that we spend a lot of time letting them know how much we appreciate them, how much we know that they're worth. And then we can hopefully move to the next challenge that's there. But right now, that's one of the biggest challenges that we face mm -hmm. um, because so much is happening in the child welfare system, whether it's here in Texas or in other states. When people think about child welfare, they throw us all into the water, mm -hmm. right? And we're trying to, trying to make sure that our staff are getting the resources and tools that they need in order to do this job. But the first part we got to jump over is that hurdle of that negative perception. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And that's one thing that I learned just from our, our own experience in working, having being a foster parent was realizing there are a lot of people that make decisions for families, mm -hmm. right? At least in your, where you sit, it's not just CPS deciding whether a child goes home or not. There are lots of attorneys, there are judges who are elected officials, there are CASA advocates, there are parents, there are all kinds of people who are coming together with, again, limited information, but trying, I think, trying their best. My perception has certainly changed just by being proximate. When you get close to someone, when you get close to an organization as we have, the perception changes because right. no longer is it them over there doing that thing that I don't understand, but it's, there's these people with real hearts and real passions and real desire to see families stabilized, but we do what we can with what we have. Um, and so I, I, I definitely can see that from the outside and we work very hard to, to help people understand the difference there, that we're all in this together and you're not meant to do it alone. What are some of the things that the, the families face? You know, that's another aspect. There's the aspect of how your staff deals with all of this, but as you walk with families, what do you see in terms of what their needs are? Well, there's always going to be a need for resources. Mm -hmm. um, they, some of them need transportation resources. Some families need housing. Some families need the basic necessities. Mm -hmm. um, um, there's also the continued issue that in a society where you may not actually understand how different cultures live, mm -hmm. the perception that the families have to go through with regard to that as well. We always operate from the position and legally Poverty is not a reason for a child to come into care. That's something that's easily said, not always easily right. interpreted because poverty impacts so many different things right, which correct. lead you down a particular path. Right. While I say that, I would be remiss to say that there are child welfare and child abuse covers every part of society. It's not just relegated to those who may be at the poverty line, but the families need, 
I think, a better understanding of what is expected of them, which we as a department mm -hmm. are working very hard to make sure that they can get that. Many of them need somebody that can just hold their hand through the process mm -hmm. because when they have the negative perception of what the community may have with regard to the agency, it impacts their ability to work through the process. Yeah. When the process may be going just fine mm -hmm. for them, Personally, we need to have just an overall understanding of what it takes for families to work and understand that just because it doesn't look like what an advocate thinks it should look like mm -hmm. doesn't mean that it's per se abuse or neglect or not beneficial won't right. work for this family. Sure. Right. That, makes that makes total sense because we're not looking for perfect families. We're looking for families who can be caring, committed mm -hmm. to these children, nurturing towards these children, opening up your home to them in a way that they feel safe, they feel comfortable, they feel loved, they feel protected. When you think about how child welfare has evolved over, over the years, it's changed. We want the community to be involved. We want that support, that wrap around our children and around our families because no one, even us, we can't do this alone. We can't. Yeah. It's not it's not doable by any means. We need that support. And so that those challenges, it impacts everyone, even as you think about our kinship. And I tell people this all the time. If we were to call you in the middle of the night, and say, hey, come get Leisha, come get little Leisha. Are you going to be ready for that immediately? No, you're not. You're gonna think about what does that mean for my myself as a potential caregiver? What does that mean for mm -hmm. the people who are living in my home? How is that going to impact me financially? How is that going to impact me emotionally? How am I gonna pull all this together? It takes time, it takes a village. People need to understand the system and they need to be patient with it. Uh, and patient with the people who are trying to help and support it. I also think that families, as we move in the future, will need more resources that deal with um, mental health, mm -hmm. therapeutic resources, and a better understanding of how you work through substance abuse and domestic violence situations. Yeah. One of the things that we talk a lot about with our partners, when we talk about upstream and the reasons why kids enter the foster care system, the things going on with families, what we often don't see, really never see, are really stable, well-resourced families on the side of the river just throwing their kids into the water, right? That's that's just not what happens that's when right. we talk about going upstream. What's really happening oftentimes are entire families trying to keep their head above the water while also trying to keep their kids' heads above the water. And for whatever reason, it's... It, it can't happen. And so that might have to do with poverty. It might have to do with the fact that they, you know, lost a job or couldn't secure housing for some reason. We saw a lot of that type of thing, not necessarily a spike in child welfare, but even with Harvey, people mm -hmm. understood sometimes people have the resources and we're able, you know, to have a, a disaster or a catastrophe happen and come right, bounce right, right back from that, right? It'll be a struggle but we can make it work. Then there are families who are doing the best that they can and need a lot of help, and they're one flat tire away from having a situation with child welfare. And so what we want to be able to do is help our community understand that those families are in our churches. And if they're not in our churches, they're in our communities. And so what can we do to see them and to show up way before we end up having a case on your caseload, right? right? But that's hard. It requires messy and it requires uncomfortable and it kind of requires for us 
getting out of ourselves and seeing what's happening right. in our community. And you mentioned m mental health as well. So adding trauma to that and the impact of trauma that perpetuates. We got a lot of work to do. A lot of work to we do. We got a lot of work to do. As the church even, as the community, I think many people have a little bit of a perception too of that's their problem to deal with. That's why we have a, a system. I mean, it's, I think it's obvious that that doesn't work. Um, <laughs> you told me at an event last night, you mentioned... I can't do this on my own. The state is not meant to parent our children. They're meant to keep them safe, right? right? They're to protect them and get them to the side of the river. What does that experience look like from your end? We simply need people to understand what we're dealing with. First and foremost, you've got to have the knowledge. If you mm -hmm. don't have the knowledge, if you're not educated, as I talked with you guys about exposure, empowerment, engagement, and experience, those are really key elements for anyone is involved in this system. We can't do this by ourselves. It's not, it's not possible. We need the community. We need people to say yes to our children. Understanding that if you go back 20, 30 years ago, yes, we were having babies. We were having the little bitties. Uh, and people would come to the agency in order to, to help support those. But that population has changed now. We are getting older youth who have mental health issues, who have juvenile justice issues, who have been disconnected from their families. They're older, they're more challenging, but that doesn't mean they don't deserve to have a family. And so knowing what our system looks like will help anyone to formulate a plan of action mm -hmm. accordingly. We tell our staff every day, child welfare is about change. It's always moving. It's always evolving. Sometimes we're up that river and sometimes we're paddling, going back against the, against the, the tide sometimes, against that, that whole system. But it's changing and we have to change with it. And, and that's some of the, the work that needs to definitely be done. I would agree. And I think the data shows that we are not good parents. I don't think that we are we will ever be able to be a good parent. And when I say we, I mean the system, DFPS, the child welfare system alone. Mm -hmm. What we have to understand is that, as you stated, it is a community issue. Mm -hmm. Whether it has hit your front door or not, it is still a community issue. And if we don't come up with a solution, it is going to eventually come to your door because systemic issues just don't go away on their own. Families have changed, as Lucia has said. Families are to the point now to where many of them are saying to us, at least in my area, I don't know what to do with this child, my child. You take my child, make mm -hmm. him better, and then I'll come back and, and take my child back. I don't have a magic button right. that I could push, yeah. but as a community, we have to figure out how to make this work. And, I, and unfortunately, I have heard several times, this is a DFPS problem. This is a mm -hmm. CPS issue. This is not, you know, our issue. But in actuality, it really is because the children, they, they don't live in DFPS. They live within our communities and right. they're a part of our communities. And while we are the agency that is charged with keeping children safe and trying to make sure that these children have some chance at life, mm -hmm. we recognize because the child welfare system has shifted. Let's yeah. not have a discussion and not acknowledge that there's been a major shift in child welfare. Mm -hmm. Correct. We did what we thought was best back then. We've gained better knowledge. 
Now we know how to get better moving forward. Mm -hmm. And we realize that we cannot do it alone without the community, the churches, the extended family, the friends, the schools. We need to all try to coalesce and, and do it together. Now we understand that at the end of the day, the way that our system is structured, it is our responsibility. Well, that's your role, like that you have a role to play and you know clearly what it is, right? But that's just not the only role that exists because that role by itself isn't enough to change the entire river. Absolutely. And I think being able to say that and recognize that I would love to change the narrative from this is your problem or, or their problem or, you know, this is something we all have to do. But no, this is something our community gets to do. There are kids in our community and in every community right. that struggle. There are families in every community because we live in a broken world where there are bad things that happen to our families. But we as the community get to step in and care for families and pull them out of the river right. and then plant them in, in on the side. That's something that I would love to say that the Houston community can say, we get to do this together. And it's not just on you. It's not just on me. It's not just on this church. It's not just on that nonprofit. It's on all of us. There is a, uh, a quote from a book I think I mentioned to you at one point that says, every system is perfectly designed to get the results that it gets. And I remember your response being like, oh, that's kind of depressing. (laughs) I don't know if I like that very much. And I was like, well, it's not just. I think the reality with it, though, is every system is perfectly designed to get the results that it gets. Therefore, our community, if what we see in our community are results that we don't love, that we want to see change, we don't want you know, kids to be without a home. We don't want kids aging out of foster care. We don't want these results. Well, currently, our system as it is, that's where we're getting. That's the best we're getting. Therefore, what is it that's missing? What's missing in the system? And how can we shift that or fill in a gap? And I would say that the gap that we're seeing is that we need more people from the community to step in. Absolutely. And like we talked about last night, that's not just foster a child. So tell me ways that the community can step in. 100%, I will say, if you can foster a child and that's on your heart, do it. But I also want to say there are lots of other ways. So tell me what those ways could be. Our community is huge. We have some great partners uh, in this work that we do, whether it's nonprofits, whether it's churches, whether it's community businesses, whatever it is, the foundation is there. Mm -hmm. So if you have a, a want to do something, it's there for you to touch. It's there for you to reach out and grab. Mentoring is a big, big, big Uh, topic right now. All of our children, and I like, Amber, that you said ours because they're just, they just don't belong Mm -hmm. to DFPS. It's all of our children. All of our children need positive interaction and they can get that with mentoring. Find a program in your community that is offering mentoring, whether it is in a school system, whether it, again, it's a nonprofit, they're going through so much already. Let's give them something that they get to look forward with, you know? Mm -hmm. One of the school systems in one of my counties, every Wednesday, I know that I'm going to have a mentor go and meet with this child. Every, and they look forward to it. Yeah. They, it's one of their positives. They've had a bad week, but come Wednesday, come hump day, they know <laughs> such and such is going to be there. Yeah. And it's going to help them get through the rest of their week. So mentoring is needed. Find a place, find a space, mm-hmm. um, and, and do some work and support there. There are many opportunities available for anything that you would like to do to help 
um, with the child welfare system. And I would also ask that um, people continue to actually take the time to get informed, to get educated, to truly empower themselves with knowledge about what the child welfare system really looks like mm -hmm. and then participate wholeheartedly in the dialogue. I think that one of the things that the community could really do to help us move and navigate our system to where it needs to be is really have a very frank and open, even-sided dialogue right. mm -hmm. about DFPS, child welfare, because yeah. none of us take it lightly that we are working with the lives of children and families. Yeah. And we approach it from the position of, this could be my child, and this could be my family, and this could be me. Absolutely. There's an element of Absolutely. built trust there, right? right. Um, we talked about when we come together in a room, it no longer is just how do we, what is, what is it that we do? It's really people coming together and looking at each other eye to eye and mm -hmm. saying, okay, let's figure this out together. What could it look like? There are lots of different solutions if we're all coming to the table. Yeah, I, and I would agree with CJ. Accountability has to be held by all of us. And yes, if mistakes are made, we're going to take the ownership. We're going to going to fix it because at the end of the day, neither one of us are perfect. We learn through mistakes, but we also learn through triumphs. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of positive things going on in this system that a lot of people don't get to see yeah. because they get so focused on that one negative issue. Spend a day with a foster parent. Spend a day with a youth that is in foster care. Spend a day with us. And, and know and see what we do because we sadly sometimes go home crying at the end of the day. We are the ones who sadly we are, we're angered by decisions that are made. Some we make ourselves and create the problems, but sometimes it's the system that creates it. And we can't change a system by ourselves. It's really important to acknowledge that we need help. It may not mean that you can foster. It may not mean that you can adopt, but you can do something. Whatever the gift is whatever that you have. Whatever it is you have. Whatever the resource, whatever the talent, right. just like show you, up and we'll find a right. place for you. Yes. Like you said um, in one of your presentations, that barbecue cooker, that guy, yes. he, couldn't, he couldn't foster, he couldn't adopt, but he could cook. And yep. so providing food to whatever event is coming, whatever, um, whatever that need is, that was his gift, and he gave back. So find out what your gift is yeah. and lend it to the system. As we wrap up, any last things that you would say in terms of how the community can step in? You know, we, we also partner with some churches who are really interested in just supporting your, your caseworkers, being able to make sure that they know, hey, you're loved in this community, you're seen in this community, you're appreciated in this community. Is that something that we can, we can coordinate and, and find more churches to do? I would say yes. <laughs> I don't know why um, I asked that as a question. Um, it is, I assume that that would be helpful. It does. And we have organizations that will come in and do that. I mean, it would be wonderful for that community support. Anyone, if that is a, on their heart to do, they can reach out to you and your organization and connect them with, with us. As we look towards the summer and, and our kids, we, we haven't mentioned children without placement. That's a big issue mm -hmm. right now. Children who 
don't have a placement to go to yeah. uh, and finding support for them and building in a program for them for this summer, if that's on someone's heart to do, absolutely. Yeah. And again, it's just volunteering, finding that agency, finding that nonprofit and inquiring, like, like CJ said, educate yourself yeah. will take you a long way. As my pastor always says, the need is the call. So yeah. where you see the need and you can meet it, that's your call. I don't think you will ever find a time where we will say, no, we don't want your help or we don't need your help, especially when it comes to providing some type of comfort, some type of provision for a child or a family, and even for our team members because we all need that. Um, Prayer is very important. So Mm -hmm. coming in and being able to have team members voluntarily participate in those types of events is is a welcome thing for us. Absolutely welcome. We've got work to do. We do. <laughs> Community has work to do, and we're going to make it happen. Thank that you so true. much for spending time with us um, today. We're praying for you. We are championing you on. We're cheering for you. We're behind you. We appreciate you. We see you. Um, and yeah, we're grateful to have you here. Thank grateful. you for having us. Yes, of course. thank you. Grateful for your voice. Absolutely. Grateful. Appreciate it. To those listening, we hope these conversations have inspired you to find your place along the river. And we welcome you to join us in bringing hope and renewal to the city of Houston. If you'd like more information on how to get involved, please visit riversideproject.org and submit a contact form. We'll see you next time.